Hello, I'm Arianna Raji Lee, founder of Pasha Mama, and welcome to our conversation, In Conversation, the podcast where I speak to women's health practitioners, baby and toddler experts, mamas and mums-to-be, to find out about what they do and how their story can support you through modern motherhood. Let's get started, shall we? Hi guys, I hope you are doing extremely well. Now we are a full week and a bit into the latest lockdown lift. I hope that you have been enjoying, um, actually it couldn't have come at better time with the weather, freaky weather we had last week in terms of indoor spaces opening. But I hope that you have been able to find some rhythm and balance and enjoyment and all the things that you were hoping to feel once things started to lift. I really hope that you have been enjoying those um, to the max. And if you haven't, totally fine. Go at your own pace. The world will be waiting when you are ready. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Passion Mama in Conversation. This episode is a Mama's the Word, the Unspoken Truths about Motherhood episode, where I speak to a real-life mama from the Passion Mama community about their experiences of motherhood to help inspire and guide you on your own journey. In this episode, I speak to Julia FP, who is a mama of two and is a personal friend of mine. We actually went to university together and she has been a long-standing supporter of Pasha Mama. Um, she was right there from the beginning when I had the idea. Um, she was also there at the first pop-up and has been everywhere in between since then. And it's been a really wonderful journey sort of growing the business while she's also been raising her family and developing as her role um, in her role as a mother. I think this episode is particularly powerful. Um, it's a really, really honest account of Julia's experience of the fourth trimester. She talks about the two different experiences she had after each of her children, but we particularly focus on the first time she transitioned into motherhood. Um, she'd actually not even heard of the term for the fourth trimester until late on in her first pregnancy. And then when she went to do a little research, um, you'll hear that she actually struggled to find anything that was actually of value or based in any sort of reality with what she actually herself experienced. We touch on the bodily changes that she experienced postnatally. We also touch on the pressures of the comparison that she had with other mothers who seemed to be up and about and living their living their lives relatively normally compared to what she was feeling and experiencing and we talk about her loss of identity and how long it took for her to regain this new identity that she now uh, so beautifully owns um, and the steps that she took to get there it's a really really powerful conversation and she has incredible advice at the end for anybody who's about to transition into their fourth trimester so if you know anybody who's about to embark on that transition is about to give birth is preparing to make that shift into their fourth trimester then please please do share this episode so that's it from me for now i hope you enjoy this episode julia good morning how are you Good morning. I am well. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Absolute pleasure. Now, full disclosure, Julia and I went to university together. So she's been part of the Passion Mama community from even like preconception, I'd say. And you've been a you've been a huge supporter of me and the business um, with your two with your two babies and your husband. 
Um, but we have we have history beyond Pashmama, so setting that out for context. Why don't you introduce yourself to our community? Sure. Um, so I'm Julia. Um, I am, as Ari is saying, mom of two, Ludovico, who's 18 months old, and Olympia, who just turned three months um, a few days ago. Um, my husband is Luca. We live in London, and I'm a humanitarian worker. Um, and as Ari has said, we have known each other for a very long, very, very long time now. Makes me feel old. <laughs> don't, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, let's not dwell on the old age thing. Um, why don't, okay, so, so we've been speaking, not just in a passion mama capacity, also in a kind of friendship capacity about your experience of motherhood. And there are certain, elements to it particularly around the fourth trimester that you feel pretty strongly about in terms of wanting to share why do you feel that way and can you tell us about your experience with it absolutely so I've had two wildly different experiences both in terms of pregnancy and birth and postpartum with my two children and the first one um especially the postpartum experience was extremely difficult with Ludovico. I actually didn't know about the term the fourth trimester until very late in my pregnancy when I heard it and I Googled it and then I went this, down this rabbit hole and I will never forget this. I started panicking because I had never actually really understood the number of physical changes and mental changes that a woman can go through after giving birth. And quite honestly, the ones that I read didn't sound so good. And I just felt totally unprepared. And then when I went through the fourth trimester myself, especially with the first, with the first baby, it was probably one of the toughest time of my life. And despite having done some research, despite, you know, I having talked to some people, I had been, you know, completely unprepared. It was a very difficult recovery and a very difficult birth with him. And I felt broken. And I remember, you know, for the few, few months of his life, just not feeling like myself, being in so much physical pain and, you know, feeling like, I don't understand why we don't talk about this. Why has this, why is this not a big, bigger conversation? And in a way I felt cheated. Um, now fast forward to my second pregnancy, to my second birth, which was I think a dream birth um, by my standards, seven hours, she was out. I felt in control, I felt empowered. And whilst the second trimester, which in the start of the fourth trimester, which has kind of come to an end now, has had its downs, it's mostly been a very positive experience. Now it's been difficult, there's been pain as well, but I felt a lot more in control um, and it's just been easier for a number of reasons. And so for me, it was important to come, come here and use Pashamama as a platform for those who are either going through it or about to go through it, you know, so that they can learn from others' experiences and that the information is out there and that we start demystifying, you know, we start demystifying it, but also putting a little bit more focus on it because it's such an important period on a, in a mother's, in a baby's, in a partner's life. And it's so difficult. It can be so difficult. Um, and so that's kind of why I really want to talk about it. And I'm happy to go into a little bit more detail about what my experiences were um, and kind of my key takeaways. 
Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get onto that in just a second. I want to kind of backtrack. You know, I'm really glad that you're doing this. This is exactly what these this this episode this series is about is talking about the unspoken truths right that women are experiencing on a day-to-day basis that do not get spoken about so I'm really really grateful that you're doing this I want to go back a little bit and, and ask you said you did a little bit of research into the fourth trimester very relatively late on into your into your pregnancy yes. what was that research telling you um so First of all, let me say that there wasn't much out there and it wasn't very specific. Um, so the first place where I went was obviously the internet. Um, and, you know, I found a few articles that actually gave me some helpful tips. Um, for example, they recommended, and I'm going to be very specific here, um, you know, the first time you use the bathroom after giving birth can be and was for me extremely painful. Um, and actually subsequent times as well, you just have a really hard time peeing. It's, it's, it just burns. And so they were recommending things like a squirt bottle, right? That you fill with water and it helps you. So you squirt it while you, you go to the bathroom. And um, uh, they were recommending things like um, witch hazel pads for hemorrhoids. So there was a bit of information, but it was very minimal compared to what I ended up experiencing. Um, the other place where I went and actually where I picked up a book that really helped me because it was very kind of um, concrete, this is what you can do for this issue, um, solutions, was um, podcast. I found one podcast and the, I, I don't remember the specific, but the lady was talking about her birth experience mostly and then talked about her fourth trimester as well, kind of en passant. And she mentioned the little book of self-care for new moms. And that's a book that I kind of grabbed and I used um, throughout the four trimester book to speak to a few friends and, you know, about their experiences. But it was, again, I didn't have the right, I didn't ask the right questions. You know, you don't know what to ask, but obviously that's a catch 22. Um, and I found myself in a similar situation now being on the other side, kind of giving advice and, and what do you actually tell to a woman who's never been through it? Um, so yeah, so those were kind of my three go-to. But again, the information I got was just very high level. Um, Did you find that the information you were getting, because you know the examples that you've given were very physical, you know, how to help you pee, how to help with hemorrhoids. Were there any of these resources that kind of touched on the emotional impact? I mean, yes and no. So they did speak um, about, you know, baby's blues and postnatal depression. Um, but again, first of all, for me, one of the big things that I, I struggled with for, for months after giving birth the first time, not only the fourth trimester was the loss of self, this, this identity shift. I hadn't read about that. And even though I did end up seeing a psychologist, which was a huge, huge help, um, through the NHS to refer me, um, I don't think that what I read you know, really prepare me for asking that help. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I did eventually ask for help, but it was, it was something that I was really pushed to do, especially by my partner, my husband, because he saw how difficult it was all for me. And I think um, had it not been for his support, I probably wouldn't have sought out um, that kind of support. So yes, I did read some stuff. Again, it scratched the surface. 
maybe I didn't do a good enough job, to be honest, uh, uh, looking, but I also wasn't able to locate as many resources as I did for the birth period, right? Or the pregnancy. I felt um, that there was so much more to choose from on those two topics than what came after. Yeah. Both for the physical and the mental. Right. So, I mean, this is exactly why, you know, we want to, we want to be talking about these, these bits that often, so often kind of get neglected. I think the identity shift is a huge, huge part. Um, and so, so common. I think it's called maltrescence or something where, you know, it's that shifting from, from, pregnancy into this next phase why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience now I didn't by the way I did not know there was a word for it since there you go you learn something new every day um so I had a wonderful pregnancy I was this was 2019 it was before you know COVID or lockdown I had finished I got on maternity leave um and I was kind of living the you know what I'd expected my pregnancy to be so wonderful skin, you know, long hair. It was wonderful. Um, and I went into labor. It was a 30 hour labor. The baby was back to back. I didn't know that it was excruciating. I was sent home from the hospital, um, once because I wasn't dilated enough. Um, I took every drug available under the NHS, uh, to get through it. Um, they eventually had to get him out with forceps. Um, I don't know, episotomy. Um, it was it was an ordeal for me. And I came out on the other side physically so broken. Um, so, you know, first of all, I, you know, I thought I knew that labor wasn't gonna be easy, but I that was a bit of a shock to, to the system. And when I came out on the other side, you know, with a very healthy, happy baby, wonderful. Um, I couldn't walk. Um, I couldn't actually get out of bed for about a month. Um, I had what a midwife described as impressive hemorrhoids and a massive black and blue around the same area where they had to cut and where they had to use a forceps. So I couldn't even actually sit up in bed. Um, Peeing, going to the bathroom, generally extremely painful obviously super weak. Um, And then on top of it, what ended up happening is obviously all the changes that come with, you know, the transition, which I was, again, wildly unprepared for. So I, one of the biggest thing was my milk coming in. So I was very lucky that Ludo latched on really well from the beginning. So breastfeeding actually seemed to go really well. And then all of a sudden, you know, about day three, I start getting the shakes. Like I am absolutely can't control myself. My husband is terrible. He's looking at me thinking maybe I've gotten some sort of, um, there's something wrong that he has to take me to the emergency room because I'm literally uncontrollably shaking. I don't have a fever. Turns out my milk is coming in. My breasts swell up to three times the size. They're painful to the touch. Um, it's excruciatingly painful. Um, and I, that goes on for about four days, four or five days, not so much the shakes, but the, the, the pain of having an, you know, engorged breast. Um, on top of that, um, I am, you know, you have uterus contractions after birth to get the uterus back to its normal shape. And those are painful. Um, obviously not as painful as maybe contractions or labor, but you know, they're, for me, they were 
yeah, extremely sharp. And fun fact, I learned that they actually get worse with each pregnancy. So yay. Um, then, you know, mood swings, you know, I was bawling one day, you know, one moment and find the other sleep deprivation kicks in. I mean, we've been very lucky. Our babies um, have been good sleepers and we've managed to get them on a good routine early on, but the first few months, you know, they need to feed every so often. So um, that was very tough. And um, I think that's actually one of the biggest thing is getting kind of a full night's sleep you know, makes the world of difference. Um, leaking, constantly leaking. I have, nobody's ever told me that I would need to use um, and wear um, breast pads for the whole duration of breastfeeding, um, which again is a minor thing in the long run, right? But you know and you you weren't told this in your nct class your antenatal class in the breastfeeding seminar that you did so we i actually did do a breastfeeding i did two different type of antenatal classes um one of them didn't really focus at all on the mother after birth but it was more about how to keep your child alive which fair enough the second one gave us 20 minutes just a woman to chat about any questions that we might have about this specific period a, 20 minutes, probably not sufficient. B, again, going back to my early po earlier point of, you don't know what you don't know. So it's really hard to ask these questions. Um, I had nightmares for the longest time. I was waking up in cold sweats because as it turns out, your body needs to get rid of all these hormones. And so it will expose the horm hormones usually at night, um, which meant that every night for the first month, I would wake up completely drenched. That is not a, you know, that is not a, comfortable thing it's you know you absolutely go do it you do it and you go through it and it's fine you survive it but the fact that it was happening the fact that I had no idea was going to happen made it I think so much worse so no so there wasn't that kind of this is you know the list of symptoms this is what your body might or might not go through and this is why and more and more importantly these are the little things that will make it more bearable right instead mm. what I was seeing was friends of mine walking and going out for walks with their little ones after four or five days of giving birth. Um, I was seeing others, you know, taking care of their children, plus others, you know, after a week or cooking dinner, I literally couldn't get out of bed. I remember I made myself take a walk on day seven, because I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I must be able to get out. And I took a walk, it was 30 minutes. I was going at the pace of, you know, a one-year-old. And it was so excruciatingly painful. And I was, I think it made me worse for so much longer because I had done too much and my body just wasn't ready. Um, now I know that you can have a fourth trimester that looks very different because my second one did look very different. But for me going through that and not having anyone to talk to about how terrible it was, at least in that moment, was also very alienating emotionally what about okay well first of all i'm so you know i'm so sorry that that happened especially given it was your first that you know you had no benchmark you had nothing to to kind of put it against what about your antenatal course group of friends is it something that you know i hear so often that antenatal courses are done 
not not necessarily for the information but for the group of women that you are going to make you're going to have this whatsapp group with and have this connection with that you're all going through the same thing at the same time and there's kind of real value and and sort of safety in numbers i get that did you not feel i guess did you not feel comfortable enough to talk to them about it to share with them how you were feeling or was it that group that were going for that walk after four days and you just thought i can't i can't share what i'm going through because it's so so different it's a good question so um that group was a lifeline in so many situations now i was lucky unlucky that i was the second one to give birth out of the group um ludo came early and um the person before me we didn't really hadn't we hadn't gotten a chance to know her for a very number of reasons so i remember being in the hospital and being asked by a lot of them like how was it what happened and i remember thinking oh gosh um do i tell them about this 30 hour like is that something that i would want to know and um, there's actually a really good friend of mine that I've known since um, college as well, who was in the same group. And so with her, I was like, listen, I'm going to tell you everything. I know you very well. Like, here it goes. And I remember her saying to me also, I want to know what you went through. So just, you know, unleash the unleashable. And I did. With the others, you know, I, yes and no, I definitely told them and it was a long labor that it was, you know, um, very painful. Um, but I obviously didn't feel as comfortable, mostly because they were about to go the same through the same thing as well. And who was I? You know, I, there's this fear um, that I also had with the fourth trimester, and I have with parenting generally that just because it was my experience doesn't mean that it's applicable or helpful to someone else. And I'm very um, aware of the fact that that might be preventing me from sharing some things, but also. I think it, it might be the reason potentially why so many women don't want to be voluntarily giving up their experiences unless specifically asked because you don't want to be the bearer of bad news and also I am not a health professional and maybe had a very specific case um, and you know I'm you know during the pregnancy I read a lot about hypnobirthing this idea that you actually can have a very wonderful and positive and empowering birth and that we actually don't tell that narrative enough and so I was very conscious of this I was very aware of the fact that we should be highlighting um, to others and amongst ourselves the fact that this can go in a very specific way and so I didn't want to be the one who was like well this sucked it was horrible I'm not doing this again uh, and good luck you know and I think with the fourth trimester it was also very similar like the same things applied I had a few friends with whom I would share a lot more but also there was definitely a block in the sense that everyone was going through their own things. The chat that we had, the WhatsApp chat was extremely helpful from today. Questions, laughing, we laughed so much and it was a wonderful way of taking the sting out of things and you know, just making good of a bad situation. I remember a friend who um, uh, put something that she wasn't supposed to, like her um, warm breast pads or something in, and the microwave exploded. I don't, I mean, it was just, you know, like we were all just trying to get by. And yeah. so, so in answer to your question, sorry, that was very long-winded. That group was very helpful. We did share. I don't think we shared enough. And because we were all going, um, we were all going through it at like similar stages. 
I think there was definitely a fear on my end to be burdening someone with, you know, with these questions. Also, they didn't necessarily know how to answer them, but also some of them were going on walks after four days, right? They had maybe a, a, a different type of labor, a different type of recovery. It doesn't mean necessarily they were um, doing better, but they were approaching a different way. And there was something in the back of my mind that maybe I just weaker, maybe I have a lower threshold point for pain. Um, maybe my body wasn't strong enough. Um, and that's maybe why I was dealing with a much more difficult recovery. Um, yeah, so I'll stop there. So that's a little Yeah, bit. well, there's so much there, Julia. Um, you know, I think that to be questioning yourself as a woman and as a mother, comparing yourself even four days after someone else's labor, the pressure to 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 feel that is is so insane and i wish i had a way to help women myself included to not feel that that comparison that constant questioning and doubting in all walks of life but i think particularly when it comes to again new motherhood when it, you're kind of learning as you're going and you're comparing somebody who's also doing the same thing as you and you think she's doing a better job and but you have no idea you know right. what, mentally how she was feeling when she was on that walk after four days you know so that in itself I mean, the competitiveness for, for women and mothers is a whole other topic so I'm going to park that Absolutely. what I what I think is really interesting here is I think this is the crux of the of the matter when it comes to talking about things that are difficult to talk to are considered taboo which they just shouldn't be in general is you know how do we tackle this idea of sharing experiences because I hear on one side people only share the bad stuff I really want to hear positive affirmations and positive birth stories that's all I'm that's all I care about fine on the other side I've got Oh, I only hear the positive stuff. I wish people would be more real. I need that information to know the whole picture. So I totally get yeah. that, you know, it depends on the person who's receiving the information to know whether whether they want the, the, the whole truth or just one element of it. But yeah, I think you said your experience isn't applicable to somebody else. And I can't know what you're feeling just as you're about to go into labor i've not been there i've not experienced that so so i have no idea but i think that what you're doing here sharing your experience it's totally applicable it's totally applicable people are going to be listening to this now either have been got either have gone through what you've gone through and nodding their head some people might be listening to this and be like, oh, i don't i don't want to listen to this that's not for me fine others will be listening to this thinking i'm really glad she's sharing this because this is the side of motherhood that we don't talk about and i think you're really really brave but i do think there is that the issue is the crux of the matter is the reason why it maybe it's not so widely spoken about is because people are afraid to tell others the the whole truth you know um so 
It's a weird one. I mean, even you just said before we started recording that, you know, I had to think back, I had to remember those those emotions and those feelings from the fourth trimester, which makes me think maybe that's also why it, it gets forgotten. You're living it, you're breathing it, and then you come out of it and it gets forgotten. Kind of like, you know, in, in, a, in a similar vein, you know, maybe Absolutely. like really bad pregnancy symptoms the second time round when you get when you fall pregnant you're like oh yeah it was fine the first time and it's normally the partner who's like actually let Absolutely. me just remind you what it was like <laughs> um so I, I don't have a question that I'm just saying that it's an interesting place to be in wanting to be honest and wanting to share but also wanting to protect people and not overwhelm or scare them and I think that's maybe where the issue is when it comes to talking about these things I would agree with that I mean it's it's also amazing our our bodies as humans and women are just amazing machines I mean our brain I think you hit on it part of the reason why we also maybe don't talk about it is we generally forget but that's because our brain in this phase is actually we're losing neurons to make space for other bodily functions to keep our babies alive and so you just don't have the same level of memory. And I think it's probably um, a mechanism for survival, right? If I think, I remember clearly saying and thinking this for months after giving my first, you know, having my firstborn thinking, I don't think I can do this again. I honestly don't think I can put my body through this ordeal and emotional roller coaster. You know, fast forward six months, the two of them are very close in age. We got pregnant when Ludo was about six, seven, seven months. I was thrilled to be pregnant again because I had my fourth trimester and then we actually had this wonderful few months where I was finally feeling like myself again or you know a new version of myself I should say um, my body was healing I was talking to a psychologist quite regularly and I I honestly completely I won't say forgotten but a lot of what I had gone through was a very distant memory even though it had just happened a few months before so yeah absolutely I think that's a huge part of it um, and I think if we have more resources out there, as you're saying, women can educate themselves based on what they want and do not want to know. But if there's no information or if it's partial or if it's really hard to find, mm. or if the expectation from society is that we don't talk about this because we don't want to hear about this, then we're doing ourselves and our families, our children and our partners a huge disservice in the long run. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the length of the fourth trimester. Now, its its name would suggest that it's three months postpartum. Was that true for you? Was that your experience, would you say? That's a great question. So with Ludo, I would say that it was probably longer in the sense that it took a month for me to get out of bed. It took maybe four months from, for me to feel like I could do you know, go running again, but I'm not talking about like, you know, five kilometers. I'm talking about like a few kilometers of like, you know, jogging or a, a class, a Pilates class or something. So physically it took a long time for me and emotionally and mentally, I, I would say that with Ludo it took even longer. Um, I stopped seeing my therapist well into my second pregnancy. Um, so Ludo would have been maybe nine, 10 months. And that's when I really felt that I had, you know, done enough work and, you know, kind of, I'm a big, you know, big proponent of speaking. I think it's very cathartic, but that's when I really felt like I was reconciling my old self with my new self. I don't think there'll ever be 
I'll ever be able to go back to what I was before giving having a child I don't think I don't want to go back to that but it took a long time to get to a place where I was comfortable with motherhood and who I was as a mother and what it meant to me and what it um and what that meant for me as a as a person as a, as a partner as now with Olympia you know she just turned three months and I feel like that process for many reasons both for the mental side and the physical side has gone by so much quicker I had a very tough couple of weeks after she was born um the birth was very easy but I still had the night sweats and the nightmares and the engorgement was terrible this time um but um you know I was up and walking right after she was born and I felt well enough to do that now I I was I had to keep on reminding myself to take it easy and my husband did as well because he's like you know you might feel well but you there's so much happening just chill out um but I would say you know absolutely that you know I I feel like I've come to the end of my third trimester um and emotionally I you know, there were other feelings having had two children so close in age, mostly a feeling of guilt towards my firstborn that I was kind of um, bringing in someone new so early on and potentially kind of creating havoc in his world. Um, but other than that, I didn't struggle with, with what I struggled with him. Um, and I think I felt much more comfortable in my role as a mom and um, uh, kind of knew physically what I had to do you know, what were the like tricks of the trade to feel better, you know, cabbage leaves in the, on the breast to get the engorgement down, um, you know, spritz bottle on the go, um, anusol on the go, you know, um, what's it called, like frozen patches to frozen things to put, you know, I was prepared, we had the whole stack, we, you know, um, and actually I didn't have to use a lot of those things, but um, I'm going to need that list at some point. I feel oh, like I have share it. that list have on it. our Instagram, please. I will. Um, <laughs> you know, breast pads. Um, you know, I had a reflexology person that has helped me so much through pregnancy and through um, postpartum. And I, even though I felt well with Olympia, I was like, I'm going to get her in and she's going to work her magic. And she did. So I was, I was ready. And, you know, emotionally, I think I was in a different place. Um, you know, Olympia came during lockdown. Nobody has met her. We were able to get Luca's mom in for a couple of weeks between lockdowns to help, but we've really been kind of um, isolated, um, just the four of us. And so despite that, and despite the challenges that come with having a baby during COVID times, and my heart goes out to the first time mother, second time mother, it really is hard it was a completely different experience. And I think it was a very positive four trimester. And that's why I also wanna say that it's not all bad. And we need to, as a society, recognize that this is a very special time, but there's bits and bobs of it that suck massively, right? And it's okay to feel both and to acknowledge that both are happening. Um, but then I think if we can help be better prepared, provide more support, um we can make that process just a tiny bit more bearable and again in the long run that's a more positive thing for everyone involved and I think partners here play a massive role you know and I I'm very lucky my husband was able to take two months off when Ludo was born I don't know how I would have actually been able to get through those two months without him that's not something that many partners can do and it's problematic 
um, I couldn't get out of bed. So I couldn't actually get the baby, you know, to be able to feed him. He had to do it. And if he wasn't there at night, I mean, I, I probably would have had to gone up myself, but I'm not sure how physically I could have done that. Um, and the second time he's been, he's been, you know, cooking, cleaning, taking care of our firstborn, taking care of me, taking care of, you know. So I think we also need to prepare and make sure that we, we have, to the extent possible, someone or multiple people that can come in and support the new mother. Um, I think that's just so important. Mm, I completely agree. Um, I just have a couple of questions, G, left. Um, you may have already touched on this, but I wanted to, I think you probably did in, in, in what you were saying just now, but if a new mother, soon to be mother is listening to this and she's going to be giving birth in the next few weeks, month or so, what advice can you give her? So the first one that I, I would say is, to the extent that you're comfortable is seek out information and ask if your friends have gone through it, you know, ask and about their experiences and let them know how much you wanna know and to what extent I think knowledge is power. The second thing that I would say is just like we're told to have a birth plan, which I don't, I, you know, might went out the window so fast, it's not even funny. Try to put, um, have a think about what your four trimester plan looks like, right? Who's gonna help you out in, in what ways? What do you need? Everything from food to cleaning to helping you X hours, you know, every so often so you can take a shower on your own or, um, if you're able to afford it, and I, and I can appreciate that not everyone can, you know, extra help like a reflexology or um, I actually went after Olympia to see a physio um, specialist, you know, in, in postpartum. And for the first time in my life, I now know what, how to do a Kegel. She actually showed me and, you know, checked me while I was doing one and has actually given me great advice on what I need to do to get back to a place where my body is actually recovering and so forth. So Think about all those extra things. Um, and then I think this is the biggest one and the hardest one is asking for help when you actually need it. And I say it's hard because I found myself in a situation both times when it would have been helpful if friends dropped off food. And they would ask, they would say, can we do anything? And my answer was, no, we are good, we're okay. And actually the truth was, yes, it'd be great if you could drop off some food so Luca doesn't have to cook and he can get a bit of a breather and they would have been happy to do it and drop it off, right? And um, similarly, it was really hard for me to ask for the help in terms of seeing someone and being referred by, through the NHS to a psychologist. Um, and I'm really glad that the, the doctor really pushed me to just say, you know, here's a number, we're gonna refer you. If you don't feel like, then you can, but um, asking for that kind of help, I know can be really tough. The truth is, it is a big change for anyone and asking for help. There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to do, but I, I, I just can't stress this enough. It could make a huge, a world of difference. Um, and the last one is that know that you're powerful, know that you're strong, know that you got this and that it might suck for the next few months, but you, you know, no matter how bad or horrible you feel, you are a goddess. You have just birthed a baby you've just given life in some way or another and your body now needs that time to recover and so to be kind to yourself and I know again it's easier said than done 
Um, but you really do have this um, and you will see the light. You'll, you'll, you'll get through it. Phenomenal advice, G, phenomenal. Um, I have one last question that I ask all mamas on this. Um, motherhood and what it means to you in this moment. Obviously it has its ups and downs and it's rounds and rounds and each day is different. But right now, can you describe what motherhood is to you? Um, that's a great question. Um, motherhood for me right now is honestly pure joy, despite being in lockdown and despite, you know, so many things um, being different from what I'd expected them to be. I think I, especially this, you know, COVID crisis, just feeling extremely blessed to have two healthy children who are just magical despite their tantrums and despite that, you know, um, everything. They're just, you know, Ludo is so in love with his younger sister. He spends his time kissing her. And I just feel very grateful and, mm. and blessed. I feel, you know, um, and so I'm trying to enjoy what we, what we have right now, which is um, being the four of us, um, having so much time with them one-on-one. -on -one. It's obviously not always easy. Sometimes I'd like to just check them out the window, um, but, it's, but I realize it's, it's fleeting, right? Um, I, won't, I will never have probably, how to say it, they're only 18 months and three months, and yet they're already on their way to being teenagers. Um, and so for me, motherhood right now is about spending as much time as I can with them and enjoying them right now in all their glory and not. Um, and, you know, I think having had such a difficult for me start to motherhood, not expecting it and having such a shift in how I perceive it and what I thought, I mean, I honestly thought that my life as I knew it was over and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe how I was feeling and whatnot. And, and now coming, you know, 18 months on feeling like I know roughly what I'm doing. They seem to love me. <laughs> you know, they seem to be happy. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of, yeah, bask in, 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 in just being with them and just learning about their personality and so that's a very long and very not coherent answer, but I guess motherhood for me right now is just being in the moment and being grateful for what I have and grateful for the family that I have and their health and their well-being and their happiness and basking, basking in that. I think that's what I would say. Well, that is beautiful. And I am grateful to you. I'm grateful to your husband. I'm grateful to your children. I'm grateful for your honesty. This has been wonderful, G. Thank you so, so much for, for sharing and, and helping and empowering um, the kind of next the future, future mothers that, that will listen to this. Thank you. Well, thank you for creating a platform that allows us to have these conversations. And I, and I hope that it is of some use. This, this conversation specifically can help someone and, um, Thank you and thank you Kapash Mama. Thanks.